The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Well, everybody, as you've noticed, this is not our normal beginning to an episode. We just wanted to let you know we did something special for this uh, particular recording. Yeah, so we will cut to a pre-op interview with Tom, and then we will join you on the other side for the remaining part of the episode. Yeah, this uh, exciting episode is going to be on vasectomies, which, going with our theme of Tom and Payne for right. our favorite episodes by Ben, I had that operation this week. So you're going to hear me just before the operation, and then the rest of the episode will be post-op and then covering information on vasectomies. So we hope you enjoy it. <laughs> This is Kent Rockman, the Just Some Podcast News Desk. Breaking news tonight out of Ohio. We go live now to Shooter Blanks. Shooter? Uh, thanks, Kent. We're going to go to an interview with Tom from Just Some Podcast in regards to the situation and the breaking news that is occurring. All right, Tom. So you're getting ready to prep for your procedure tomorrow, correct? Correct. And what all did your prep entail, sir? Well... My particular prep tonight is, one, re-examining all my life choices that have led up to this moment, <laughs> taking an antibiotic, and I got to go in there and shave my boys. I got to clean the sack. <laughs> uh, I don't mean soap and water. Like, that's a normal thing. But I mean, like, oh, I got to yeah. take the old uh, five-blade set and make them like hard-boiled eggs. So apparently that makes everything better tomorrow. So you're everything, right? We're uh, we're going Brazilian. No, I, well, I guess we'll figure that out when we get in there. That's not really the plan. I don't know. It may, it depends on how much bigger it seems after I shave the sack. Maybe I'll just go all the way, see if I can get that extra centimeter in there somehow. Yeah, that might work or not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. And I'm wondering right now if that's a good idea because of how itchy, like, oh, that'd be terrible. That'll be later. So it's an antibiotic tonight that while well, you take then? Yeah, and I know not every urologist does this, but this is a, a newer trained urologist, and he wants me to do uh, Cipro tonight, the night of, and the night after. So that's an easy enough easy enough dosage scale. And now, were you given anything to premedicate prior to the procedure for stress or anxiety? Yeah, Valium. Okay. I'm still, I honestly still don't know if I'm going to take it or not. Take it. <laughs> it's not it's right more... now but I mean, <laughs> this show is going to get real interesting in about an hour <laughs> <laughs> well that's part of it i know we want to record post yes so i don't know how groggy i want to be for that i haven't exactly secured ride to and from so if i have to drive well, you know i'm not gonna well not gonna drive under the influence so I would say hashtag Uber that shit. And (laughs) (laughs) I personally was seeing a general surgeon for my vasectomy. And when I went in for the initial appointment to tell him that I wanted a vasectomy, he looked at me and said, well, and you know who this general surgeon is, looked at me over his glasses and said, well, I figure I got one of two things here. Either I give you something for anxiety to take before the procedure or you show up intoxicated, which is going to make you bleed a little bit more. Here's a prescription. <laughs> it also cracks me up. So I do know that surgeon, and he's a great guy, but it doesn't always make you feel safer when you say, so my surgeon looked over his glasses. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I, want my, I want my surgeon like a fighter pilot. Like, you know, I, I want that guy Hawkeye. So I frequently get the look over the glasses. Usually it's because I've sent him a train wreck of a patient and he'll come down and just look at me over his glasses. I'm like, I'm sorry, but (laughs) I, yeah, I I worked closely with him for about two years and uh, yeah, we frequently had meetings and 
after a while, I learned which eye glare I needed to be more worried about than others. Because there was times he just looked at me. I was like, ah, he knocked the shit off. We know what's going on here. And then there was times like you said, like, hey, yeah. this isn't my fault, but I'm here. So, <laughs> but anyways, back to, uh, yeah, back to the, oh, boy. So anything else you got to do pre-planning for getting your boys trimmed? or? <laughs> literally and figuratively yes you know i i think that's it i know everyone's like yeah get some sleep you know get up uh, i probably won't be sleeping a lot maybe take some pictures with them just be like hey <laughs> remember back then so you know i don't know turns of sarah mclaughlin on <laughs> arms of an angel just <laughs> cobble your cobble your nuts and you know sing them yeah. to sleep but it'll be fine yeah uh, and i know i've said it before but maybe a little careless whisper but George Michaels. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Never want to dance again, playing in the background. Gotta have something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it's one love. of those things. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, once, twice, three times a lady. Like, oh, that seems terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. First of all, I know it's a minor procedure. It's like going to be like 15 minutes. It's much safer than any permanent birth control methods for women. <sighs> It's just my entire DNA helix has been designed, just like every other male's, to protect these things at all cost. And I'm willingly going to lay down and let not only a person, another dude, so that's weird, <laughs> come at me with what I'm assuming is going to be like a 15 blade and make some puncture holes in my sack. And it yeah. just, it, hmm. Goes against everything that you're trained, I know, but it'd be all right. Yeah, I'm sure. I just, yeah, this is the last time everyone's going to hear me as a whole human being. So, <laughs> your voice will be like four octaves higher next time we were. Yeah. Hey guys, I what's mean, going on? <laughs> you hear me now. You should have heard me before my vasectomy. <laughs> Sounded like Barry White. You punching man. a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, cat! Boom. Oh man, I don't know. I like I said, I'm. I, I mean, I want. I, I am laughing because I I know it's ridiculous to be super nervous, but yeah. Well, it's gonna be okay, and I mean, I survived it, and I'm sure you know. Oh yeah, no, no, I I get that. I also just think about all the uh, sperm granulo granulomas, and like, oh, that sounds pleasant. So, well, if it happens, at least we'll have something interesting to talk about on the show. <laughs> yeah well so far we've done really well with episodes that involve me sucking at life and being in pain so i am sure karma karma is just gonna be like well we got to keep feeding this guy some uh some topics on that note uh we're gonna let tom get out of here and go shave his boys and then do some pictures and uh play some sarah mclaughlin so if you want to see those pictures contact us on the website and i'm sure that tom will gladly send those to you we maybe maybe uh, when doves cry by Prince. Yeah, <laughs> make some glamour shots with you and your boys. <laughs> purple purple sequin jacket on, just yeah. standing in front of a mirror. Yes. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, we will next time we talk to you. You're uh, gonna be two vads different short. So, <laughs> on that note, we're gonna get back to regular programming. The award-winning podcast that's never won an award. Downloaded and listened to around the world. Join the conversation on our social media. An educational experience that'll make you laugh. You're listening to Just Some Podcast. And here's your host... Ben and Tom. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, <laughs> how was your week, man? My week has it's been uneventful, to be completely honest. So, as we explained at the top of the episode, yeah, so uh, I got neutered. I mean, yeah. realistically, that's what that's what happened. 
So, yeah, I mean, I've been sitting around the house with various bags of frozen vegetables on my crotch and not doing a lot. So it's been pretty good, actually. Caught up on a lot of Netflix. Got that going for me. Yeah, yeah. But no, so we're recording this. I think I am post-op day four. Yeah, Yeah. post-op day four. And it's going well. I understand the trepidation men have going into this procedure, but realistically it's honestly sutures are probably right up there with this like other than some uncomfortable clamping which that is an interesting facet when they're like i'm about to clamp down it's gonna hurt really bad for a second but you'll be fine but on that you know it wasn't that bad well that's good to hear i went through it as well so we'll talk about some of my experiences later on in the show as well and beyond that my week hasn't been too bad my wife had sinus surgery the same day that Tom got his balls cut, so it was kind of... And honestly, I felt much worse for his wife. <laughs> like, I was texting her and be like, I am so sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I know I knew I didn't feel great, but hers had to be so much worse. Yeah, she had some sinus work done, so hopefully that'll all go well, and she's doing well post-op also. So other than that, man, it's, you know, we had Easter and hid the eggs and... Found the eggs and stuff. <laughs> so parenting fail. We did all the dinners. We did all the stuff you associate with Easter. We dyed eggs. We did baskets. We did not do a big egg hide and hunt. And the one thing my child latched onto was, so do I need to go find the eggs now? I'm like, there's no eggs to find, buddy. But no, do I go find them now? But how about now? Huh? Yes, and for reference, everybody, he's six, so he understood that I was telling him there was no eggs, but he was under the impression I was joking with him, apparently. I don't know. He was just, he was like, but I'm going to go find him now, right? I'm like, no, there are no eggs to find, sorry. So we did everything else, though. I seen a post in one of the groups that you and I are, are mutually involved in about a family that, I don't, I'm sure if you've seen this or not, the... A lady who was 327 months and was wanting to go Easter egg hunting. And so her, she bought the eggs and stuffed the eggs, gave them to her mom to hide. And, you know, being the dutiful parents that they were, they hid one egg outside, threw the rest in the closet, and she went outside looking for eggs, which is hilarious. Wow. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not see that. And... Look, I might have I, in that post because that was hilarious. The picture of her outside looking for eggs. That's great. That is fantastic. And now I wish I had told my son, yeah, <laughs> go go outside, find all of them. The only thing that would have been scarier is knowing my kid, he would have come home with like four. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> Where did you find those? I found them. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, anyway, since I guess I mentioned social media, Tom. You did mention social media. Want to make sure everybody can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web, www.justsomepodcast.com. You can also find us on Libsyn. That's justsomepodcast.libsyn.com. And you can email us. Tell us that you found some Easter eggs also. Admin at justsomepodcast.com. Tom, what else can they do, bud? Well, first of all, they can also look us up on YouTube now. It's a new service that we have through Libsyn. They can go to any of those social media sites you listed before, give us some ratings and some reviews, or some just feedback in general. Let us know how we're doing. They can also go to our website, scroll to the bottom. There's an affiliate link for Amazon. They click on that, takes them to the shopping. It costs them nothing, and it helps uh, out the show. So that would be really appreciated. And we do know that the affiliate link gets uh, a fair amount of traffic, actually. So that's been fantastic. Again, we cannot see who is buying what, where it's being bought at. It just tells us here are things that have been bought with your link, and this is the money you're getting from it. So we truly appreciate that. Though I am impressed with the person who bought the 55-gallon drum of KY Jelly. 
I, I didn't know if we were going to talk about that, but oh, wait, I, that's what's, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, will, I will tell you right now, again, there are multiple times where Ben and I are, are talking about the purchases and there are plenty of you out there. I want to party with, I'm just saying <laughs> I salute all your life choices and fully support them. And I, uh, I hope you keep it up. Like I, it gives me hope for the future, seeing some of the things I've seen on that Amazon wish list. And you mentioned YouTube, man. One of our videos, our bonus episode that we did, that we pushed out in regards to some comments that were made from a Washington state senator. That kind of took off like, like wildfire on YouTube for us. It had almost a thousand views already. So we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I appreciate you, Senator from Washington, saying stupid things and grabbing attention um and again i i i make i jest at her ignorance but it is very serious that nurses everywhere pay attention to this because as i pointed out it's not just that she said something of ignorance it's one that a person who has no idea what we do or how we do it is trying to regulate what we're doing and two even though she's in washington if you're state house in Louisiana or Maryland or Florida or Vermont or wherever sees this and thinks there's some kind of advantage they can get out of this, they will do it in your state as well. So you might want to start paying attention to what's going on because it will travel. I hope we uh, shed some light on that subject and maybe brought it to light. I did see her lengthy interview today with some a local news affiliate in Washington. Apparently over 500,000 people had signed a petition to have her shadow a nurse for 12 hours. She has agreed to do that, and she has apologized for her poor choice of words. And I Ultimately, though, that is what goes back to my problem, is could it have been a poor choice of words? And I saw somebody saying, hey, well, you guys can hate on her. I'm not going to hate on her. And and I would say, look, I am sure there are people that are going overboard in some of the social media groups. I would totally agree with that. There are a lot of keyboard warriors out in the world. But it's not that she said that in a debate on the bill. She was saying that as she was presenting it to be voted on, and then it was then voted on. Right. So it wasn't just a poor choice of words. It was a poor choice of words that led to a piss poor action that is now affecting tens of thousands of nurses in her state. And she did it all with no information other than her belief of how lazy she thought nurses were. So fine. You apologize. That's great. But you, that's like saying, Hey, I shot you in the leg. I'm really sorry. That bullet went through your femur. Maybe you just shouldn't have shot me in the leg. It would have been my point. That to me is the problem. Like she is already caused the problem and now she wants to be like oh i'm sorry no no you can be sorry but now you got to fix it well tom do you have any shout outs this week uh shout out to the urologist <laughs> who made this uh procedure go smooth <laughs> we did get one recommendation on facebook that i thought was kind of hilarious so i was going to share it with everybody quote easy easy God, words are that's a terrible quote <laughs> <laughs> quote <laughs> okay <laughs> quote easy listening with occasional lols educational and entertaining e squared with two guys who you look forward to hanging with i kind of like that i really like that too and hey person if you actually want to hang out with us sure <laughs> Can, can you give a first name? Give give a first name. I, I saw the post. I, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the first name. Well, on there, it's Shay or Shy. Shay, S-H-A-Y. Okay, Shay. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you can track us down, I'll hang out with you. Uh, I, I just now I don't want some weird knock on my door at 2 a.m. <laughs> like, hey, guys. Uh-oh. You said we could party. I, I did, in fact, invite her. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should edit that part out. <laughs> well, you're ready to move into stories that we may have missed before we move into the story of you getting your balls cut. Yeah. So I found a story. Could this brain stimulation technique reverse memory decline? So there was a new research study, and it was published in the Journal of Neurology, which, I mean, I guess is a good place to publish a, 
<laughs> a study about yeah, it's almost like that's where that would go. Almost. Suggested that transcranial magnetic stimulation could reverse age-related memory loss. In fact, it says the technique in a very small group restored the memory of senior participants to the level of some of the younger adults. So these researchers used TMS to target the hippocampus and affecting the central nervous system. It's non-invasive and, again, was showing some memory improvement. It was a very small study with 16 people uh, between the ages of 64 and 80 and used the functional MRI to locate the hippocampus and then used the TMS to stimulate the brain activity. They did this for 20 minutes every day for five consecutive days and then performed memory testing on them. And after the TMS intervention was done, they were scoring the same as young adults that are typically stored in this, these standardized memory testing. So we blast kidneys with waves, we reduce hypertension, we blast your brain with waves, and you get your memory back. I'm seeing a pattern here. We need more waves. Yeah, I'm just going to stand in front of a speaker someday and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm rejuvenating. <laughs> All right, if you're listening to the show right now, let's do a wave. Uh... Yeah. I just want to stand in front of a really big speaker and play Little Wayne for a little while. I'm like, I'm fixing everything. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> All right. What else is left? Is there anything else left? No, man. Let's just get into let's get into the nuts of it. <laughs> oh, let's get down to the let's get down to the old brass tacks here, huh? So, Tom, you're four days post-op, as you stated earlier. Yep. And your procedure, like mine, was done completely outpatient in the office. Correct. I know that for some urology or general surgeons, they do it. Like under anesthesia, but I didn't have that done. You didn't have that done. Nope. So as we talked in the pre-op video, you did all your pre-op stuff. So can you kind of kind of walk us through getting to the office and kind of how things happen from there? Sure. So uh, real quick, because I think in general, most people understand what a vasectomy is going to entail. I got there. First of all, make sure you bring your wallet. <laughs> so I drove. Is that a case you are? Yeah, I drove 35 minutes to the office and then realized I don't have my wallet. Yeah, there was that. So make sure you have all your proper identification and anything you're going to need for pre and post-op procedure. So I go in, as we talked before, I had already, you know, shaved the boys. It was like two hard-boiled eggs and a tube sock. Uh, Down there just... <laughs> I think that was from Dave Chappelle. I can't. I'm pretty sure it was Dave Chappelle. Let's talk about that. It was just that. It's amazing. Ties into Easter so nicely, though. <laughs> ties into Easter so nicely. Yes. So I got prepped, and that was actually one of the the worst parts because they are just putting some cold iodine on you. And whoo! Let's just face some facts here, okay? You are already not going to be as a male in a very excitable position because you know what's about to happen, and then someone's slapping some cold liquid on you. <laughs> I hope you don't have some size issues going on in your mentality, because you're going to really hate your life pretty quick. So they draped me, and then it was pretty cool. I was the first patient. They actually started a new protocol where they mixed the anesthetics with some bicarb. And so uh, upon injection... So there was the pinprick, you know, I mean, I, I was expecting that. Right. But it's honestly, after that, I no burn, though. Cause, is that because of the bicarb? Yep. Really? So, yeah, I got the stick and then didn't really feel anything after that. It was it, it was not bad at all. Again, nervous, just kind of chilling out there. The, the sensation was so first of all, I was very numb. I didn't I couldn't feel anything, but I could still I feel motion in the best way. I, yeah, I, I, the best way I try to explain to people is like if you're wearing a shirt and someone's touching you through your shirt, like you can't feel the direct contact, but you can feel stuff moving. Like if they're moving your shirt, yeah, you don't feel the individual fingers. You can feel stuff moving. That's kind of what it felt like in my crotch. And he's doing stuff. It was there was one little funny side part. Um, for some reason, there was an abdominal retractor 
on the tray and i was like that is one big clamp doc <laughs> like what are we are you gonna do this through my belly button like what is what is going on i mean this set of kelly's was like nine inches long and i was like he's like no that's for abdominal surgery i don't even know what it's doing here i was like thank god because i was getting a little sweaty <laughs> seeing that thing on the tray stretch you out just um, a little bit <laughs> yeah uh, so they make the incision i will tell anybody that is listening that has not had this happen or is worried about it that at least my urologist, and I'm sure most now, will tell you that, hey, I'm going to clamp the vas deferens. You're going to feel some sharp pain. It is going to be very unpleasant for a half a second to a second, but then it should subside, which is exactly what happened. He's like, okay, so you're going to feel it on the left, clamp, and it felt like an internal kick in the balls, but it only lasted about half a second to a second. And then it was, like I said, pressure, but certainly nothing excruciating like it was just uncomfortable you feel some tugging around which is the best way to put it because i was not going to look <laughs> and next thing i do remember him hearing him say is you're going to smell something burning for a second i'm like that's pleasant <laughs> as they're getting ready to cauterize and then they repeat it again on the other side so honestly overall it was a very simple very quick and relatively painless procedure i will tell you though my post-op has not been bad it was way worse than the procedure. Well, it's good to hear that oh. your operative experience was very similar to mine. I had mine about six years ago now. Hell, almost seven. And very similar. I, when I went in for my pre-op visit, the general surgeon, uh, you know, drew everything out for me and said, "Here's what we're gonna do. We're we're, we're clipping here. We're doing this, and you know, you need to understand that there's the the pipes are still gonna be primed for a while, so." It's not just an immediate fix. But yeah, beyond that, the actual procedure, very similar. Layback, I don't remember the lidocaine. I'm sure, obviously, I had it, but I don't. I think you would have definitely remembered it had you not had lidocaine. Exactly. That's why I was like, yeah, so I must have had some. And the internal kick in the nuts is probably the best descriptor of that feeling. And it doesn't last very long, you're right. But it is just this... It's like an internal kick in the in the balls. I mean, every every guy out there has felt that pain, and it's there for just a split second, and then it's gone. But yeah, I think one of the oddest things to me post procedure is well, first of all, is the swelling. For everybody out there listening that has not had this procedure or doesn't have testicles, <laughs> it's one of those things like you know the size of your testicles, like you've been with them for a while. <laughs> There they are. And then all of a sudden, one day, they're three times bigger. <laughs> you know, you know, something's not right <laughs> down, down there. So that was odd. Two, the one I was not expecting, I was expecting some swelling. I was expecting everything that's happened so far was perfectly in line with what I've expected. How many people have had this? I feel like I'm in some kind of club now. You are. Because people are like, oh, what, what's going on? And I was like, oh, I had a vasectomy this week. And I had uncles coming out of the woodwork. Oh, yeah, I got one in 87. I'm like, what? Like, where did this, you know? Did you not like ship card? And yeah, they haven't they haven't mailed it to me yet. But yeah, it's it's so weird that there's all these people like friends, like good friends, friends that attended my wedding that I was like, hey, they're like, yeah, I got one like three years ago. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't I I didn't know like. So that, that's been kind of funny to me is the amount of people that have had this procedure that I wasn't aware of. It is. It's, it's like a weird stigma with vasectomy because it, there's that subpopulation of men out there that attribute your ability to copulate to your masculinity. So it's like it's this thing that's never talked about and mentioning it, people are like, oh, God, I would, no, I would never do that. And then until you get it done, and then it's like, all these people are like, oh, well, yeah, now that you've had it, we can talk about it. But up to that point, there's no discussion. So I had a female friend that was like, hey, so maybe you should talk to my husband because he's, he's just refusing to even discuss it as an option. And the only thing I would say to any person out there listening to this that's been on the fence or has any questions, this is what I told her was, do you realize the amount of invasive procedures in just the lead up to giving birth that he is willing to put you in place of 
for a 15-minute procedure, not including the actual birthing process. And I know it's a personal decision for every person, but the point was is she was like, he's being really selfish. He won't even discuss it. And I, that's what I would say is, seriously, it was an hour from the time of checking in, being prepped, procedure done, walking out the door was an hour. The procedure itself was probably 20 minutes. Yeah, and very similar for me. After procedure, I stood up, and you're supposed to wear tight-fitting underwear that day, and so I had some extremely tight-fitting underwear, and he packed me like I was a Chippendales dancer. <laughs> <laughs> And then my wife, who had come with me to my uh, appointment, took me down to ha- to sign some weird insurance paperwork that I don't rightfully recall. And I think it's probably illegal to have me sign that document under the condition <laughs> While you're that I was intoxicated. In. Yeah, but I guess hey, it worked for. Her, so maybe my life insurance is up, and I just don't know it or something. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so that is an interesting thing to talk about. Is a lot of people are pre-medicated with uh, some type of benzo pre-procedure. I was actually given Valium and you said you were given Xanax. Is that correct? Yes. I also know several males that took nothing. And honestly, looking back, first of all, I split my Valium in half because I wasn't sure how I was going to handle it. I don't take a lot of medications. And two, I had taken it like pretty much right before procedure. So I can't even tell you that it was truly kicked in while I was in there. What I'm trying to say is, is that even though it wasn't, it was still not a bad experience. Like I could have taken yeah. nothing and still been fine. In hindsight, being 2020, I would agree. I probably could have gotten through the procedure without it, but it did make it a whole lot less. Oh yeah. I was, less my hands funny. were folded behind my head and I was sweating. Like it, I'm, I'm all cool now. I'll tell you as well as I tolerated it internally, I was like, there's a guy yanking, on a tube connected to my testicles and he's about to chop it in half. Like I knew that. And it is very hard to say, don't be nervous. You're going to be nervous. So, but that's the types of things. Like I said, it's a personal choice. Everybody has to make it, but I would say I would find it very selfish to have not even considered it for myself. Like looking back, I'm like, wow, everything my wife went through for pregnancy or what a woman would have to go through to get her tubes tied, or I could just have yeah, a, well. an outpatient office procedure for 20 minutes. Like, I find it totally inconceivable to not have considered that myself. Which is one of the huge benefits of it is the fact that it is a very easy procedure for guys to go through. Whereas if a woman was to get a tubal, it's going to be a general anesthesia. It's going to be, you run risk of significant complications because they're doing abdominal surgery very much and honestly so let you know let's get down to some nuts and bolts of this so what you're gonna have to do is haha see what i did there so realistically this procedure is very straightforward i'm not saying it's not it does not take talent or you know training to do i'm not saying this is something that easy you're not gonna do it like the maxi of a van yeah yeah definitely not gonna be doing that but what i would say is so first of all it involves some prep which involves you can either shave your testicles and the scrotum. I guess you're not shaving your testicles. You can shave your scrotum prior or at the office. I will tell you most of the places I know now are recommending you do it yourself before you come in. It just seems to be a better result. So you're shaved. You come in. They prep you, and everyone's going to have their own preference. My urologist used iodine. They put some fenestrated drapes on you. There's a couple pokes procedure. I actually had one incision. Everything was completed through one incision for me. Really? Yep. I had two. And maybe that's why he used the nine inch abdominal clamp set of Kelly's on me. Yeah, to stretch. Yeah, he had to really get in there. But realistically, it's a, it. They locate the vas deferens. That was uncomfortable as well. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was some guy squeezing your testicle. You're like, ah, Just uh, rooting around it. Yeah. And honestly, that that's pretty much it. So let's talk about some of the other things that they're going to do outside of that. Not everybody does antibiotics. My particular urologist did. I did uh, 500 Cipro once a day, the day before, the day of, and the day after. It's a very simple medical regime to follow. Well, you know, once they locate the vas deferens, which is basically the tube that 
send your sperm up from the testicles through the through all the little fun ports. Sends the uh, boys off to war. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. They clip that. Some will burn it. Some will clip and tie and clip like a uh, surgical clamp, like a one centimeter. Yeah. Which I actually I think is what. Now did he clip yours and send it off for pathology? Because that's yep. what I. Okay. Yeah. That seems to be a, the standard. Is they'll clip. They'll send a, a sample of the vas deferens off. So if there is complications with positive sperm count, then they can go back and say, "Hey, did we actually get vas deferens in this tube? Like, is that right. what the pathology sample is?" So some of the things post-op. I think this is probably the most important part for some of the family nurse practitioners or people listening to us here is. What do we need to worry about post-op if your patient's coming to you? And obviously the first sign is any sort of infection at the incision site. So obviously there's only a couple things that can go wrong. And at this point, the most important would be the external incision on the scrotum. Usually they're very small, half a centimeter. I've never seen anything much bigger than, I've never seen anything I said bigger than a centimeter should be in there. That will be closed with either, usually with sutures. Actually, I had uh, no closure device. Really? Yep. Little hole, pulled things out, clipped them, burned them, sent them back through. I didn't even have a suture. But a lot of people will do sutures. A lot of people will also do bilateral incisions over each testicle, so you can be prepared for either of those. So those are your most likely avenues of infection. And the standard rates of infection are, apply here because... You're going to be want to look for purulent discharge, increased fever, redness, pain at the site on the scrotum. Unfortunately, swelling is already going to be present, so that's not a sign. Like, you're like, oh, my God, they're, my balls are huge. Yeah, well, that was going to happen anyways. So you can't count on that. I don't remember a significant amount of swelling. No, and I know some people, again, statistics on this are really weird. I don't know what you saw in your research. But I keep getting weird things like 10 to 40%. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like Between 10 to 20. Yeah. You're going to have this problem. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I mean, like 10 to 20% I can deal with. But I keep getting really wide ranges. Seriously, 10 oh. to 40, 15 to 40. Some will get significant bruising and swelling. That is not uncommon, apparently. Only 2% of males going through this procedure, and I don't know why they specified males, who else is going to go through it? But 2% are going to have significant complications. The rest of us are going to suffer anywhere from me, which is having very mild symptoms, to large amounts of bruising and swelling. I think that also depends on the procedure. Not everyone's anatomy is going to be comparable. So some people are going to have very difficult anatomy to work with, and there could be lots of factors involved with that, age, weight, etc., all that stuff's going to play a part. So the more they have to move around or cut, the more swelling, bruising, et cetera, you're going to have. But do not expect to get away with this with nothing. Like I said, mine is not horrendous, but certainly it's noticeable, especially leaning over my sink. Yeah. Go ahead. Go wash your hands sometime. And also you're like, oh, my God, do I always bump these things? Like, have I never noticed that before? Because today I noticed. Today I noticed. Some of that may be in direct relation to what you do post-op as well. You know, you have taken care of yourself. You went home, you iced your boys. You've kind of relaxed. You know, now if you're going to go out and run a marathon with you boys just jiggling about, you're going to have a significant more amount of bruising and swelling than the average Co- person. Correct. And that is something I, I completely understand. I heard it from multiple people which was, you know, after the first 48, 72 hours, you start feeling pretty good. Like, hey, I can I can do stuff. So, I, like, I have a friend. He said, I went out and mowed my yard. That does not seem like that big of a deal. He was in the damn hurt locker for two days after that. He said that was a huge mistake. Don't do it. So, I, I like you said, I have learned from – I'm not one of those people that's hard-headed where I need to do something stupid Whatever. myself. Well, okay, I'm hard-headed in certain ways. I'm not hard-headed in pain. Okay. If you say, Tom, if you go mow your yard 72 hours after a vasectomy, your balls are going to swell up five times bigger than they should. And it's going to really hurt. I don't need to find that out. I'll just sit at home. 
So I think the grass can grow another couple of days. Exactly. <laughs> My wife loves mowing the yard, so there you go. Let's just let that happen. There are things that you can do to take care of yourself. Consistent icing. It doesn't have to be every 20 minutes on the dot, but consistent icing. Um, if you feel the need to, you could take you know certain over-the-counter medications for pain. There's no certainly no need for anything more powerful than that. But lots of rest and tight snug fitting undergarments that keep you from lots of movement hashtag tiny whities hashtag hashtag armachillo yeah these things have been amazing bullpens and armachillos by duluth trading company shout out to you people for not a sponsor you could be (laughs) yeah i would certainly take it because this shit has been amazing but i would say there there is one thing oh post vasectomy pain syndrome have you heard of this uh, vaguely, I, I would mean, say, did yeah. you look it up at all when you were a little bit, but not much? Oh, so this is one of those things I wish I hadn't had seen because the <laughs> shitty part, the shitty part was, is I I'd referenced it before, like going through stuff before the procedure, but I it was nothing big. But post procedure, reading about this, I'm like, oh dear God! So again, this is one of those ones with a wide statistical base: fifteen to forty percent of men will suffer some type of pain in general they will suffer something called a sperm granuloma which is a very benign easy condition it basically the semen forms a cyst like i don't that's not the correct word but that's the best way to explain it the revolting (laughs) yeah resulting uh, granuloma at the end of the vas deferens where the sperm build up can cause some pain it usually subsides its own sometimes there is surgical management of that but very Ow. rare on that. Yeah. Like, so you got to get them cut again. <sighs> that sucks. This post-vasectomy pain syndrome seems to be a little more in depth to that. They're honestly not a hundred percent sure what happens with this. And it's not all the same. There are very mild, but in one to 2% of men that have vasectomies, they'll have this more in depth syndrome. And what they think it is, is a, some, type of inflammation of the epididymis around the testicle they can do some things for it but ultimately sometimes they have to go in and do surgical management Ooh. for pain relief including in some very rare cases they had to reverse the vasectomy to get the pain to go away wouldn't that just be a shitty deal <laughs> yeah yeah you did all this work to get your balls cut just to get them cut again I, it doesn't make a lot of sense but yeah yeah, it's just, it's crazy to me that's possible. And here here's the scary part, though, is that there's no specific, here's what's going to happen. It's just kind of like, eh, your balls might start hurting so chronically that we can't fix it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's the entire, go ahead, look look it up on up to date on the National uh, Library of Medicine, everything. They all say the same thing. Maybe your balls just hurt so bad, we can't fix it. I <laughs> That seems like a really bad way to go about this but if there's anything i want everybody to take away from this episode though besides the fact that ben apparently loves seeing me in excruciating pain yes (laughs) one it's a very simple easy procedure two it's very professionally done like like ben said you don't want some guy doing this in you know your kitchen so if somebody is doing this procedure you can rely that this is most likely going to be done in the best manner possible it's very simple it may or may not even require antibiotics pre and post-op it's a very short procedure and it's recovery time is five to seven days so so the two other things that I, go ahead i was going to say realistically outside of as a primary care provider or if you're in the hospital setting you know if someone comes in and they're saying hey i just had this procedure realistically the things you need to be looking for are signs of infection okay right redness purulent discharge fever etc short of that this is most likely going to be in the realm of a sperm granuloma which is self resolving yes thank you self-resolving so those are the things that you need to know that when your patient's having these complaints this is most likely what's going to be happening it's overall a pretty wonderful experience as far as surgical procedures go Two other things I want to touch on before we end this episode. We mentioned briefly earlier, and I want to go a little bit more in depth into it with with you. 
cutting the vas deferens, you're still got some, you know, the pipes are still primed. So, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I know my recommendation was you're going to have to uh, have approximately 21 ejaculations. And I don't know how they approximate that, but they do. Before you can come in for a actual motility sperm count. Is that similar to what you... Yes. Sorry. I really, we should have covered that, but I was so worried about the pain syndrome. My brain, my brain just blinked out. So all the information I was given plus information I found in research for the topic was minimum of, I saw 15 to 30, but almost universally it's 20 ejaculations. They also recommend that you have the post motility study done, but you have to have a minimum of 20 ejaculations and then they say up to eight weeks out. So that's what I would say is you should have 20 ejaculations within that eight week period. And then you'll go in for your first motility test. If there are signs of viable sperm, then they will recommend you do one in a couple more months. Um, I want to say it was 90 days was the recommendation, but I could be wrong on that one. But then after that, if there's a second positive motility test, they're like, eh, eh something's not correct. Like, yeah, that should not be positive. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, people and, and honestly, I, I understand that most people do not realize that your body just doesn't make sperm to order. Like, there's always troops in reserve. So you got to get them out of there. And that's what the 20 ejaculations was. How horrible. Yep. Would it have been to be that research assistant? Be like, excuse me, sir. I need you to ejaculate this cup again so I can test it again for a couple thousand guys to prove that it's around 20 ejaculations. I bet it was himself. Let's be honest. He probably did it to himself. Just as like, okay, here's. (laughs) Just so he didn't have to do it to everybody else. No, I'll willingly have you give me a vasectomy so I don't have to ask 3,000 guys. Exactly. For, for for some mayo samples. Yeah. No. And you know, you want to be, you know, you got to play this right. <laughs> you know, you got <laughs> you don't want to be that freak who comes in like 2 days later and you're like I'm ready to go and they're like it, it's only been 2 days post up. Like I know I was running a little this time. Like <laughs> I guess that's another thing. God, you're going to we're going to have some trouble with editing because that is another thing. So the first ejaculation they said can be anywhere from seven to 10 days when you feel most comfortable, but a minimum of seven just for healing. Expect some blood in the semen on your first couple ejaculations, all of which sound absolutely terrifying to me because I am nowhere near doing any of that. So I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me the first time I pumped a shotgun here and it goes off, it's not going to look like what I'm used to it looking like. That's going to freak me out. Like, I, that's the type of... Oh. The other thing is I want to talk about is the statistics for the effectiveness of vasectomies. And they estimate that approximately 1 in 5,000 can spontaneously uh, reconnect the vas deferens without any type of surgery and can begin producing sperm again. So, if you're worried, Tom... I went ahead and worked the math out for you. You, know, you figure there's one in 5,000 chance of that occurring. That's 5,000, you know. So once a week, that's 96 years. So I think you'll be okay. <laughs> I think you are correct. Also, the only other thing I ever saw that was a danger issue. But of course, like I said, most competent mistakes happen. But um, right. most general surgeons, urologists that perform these procedures there is always a chance of cutting the same vas deferens twice. I think that's what you alluded to earlier. That would be one of the only, but that's a different than a spontaneous uh, reattachment. That would be a just complete mechanical failure. But again, they should be catching that in the motility study. So that's part of the importance of making sure all that happens. But with medicine, you know, we ought never say always, never say never. So even if you have a vasectomy, there's still a very, 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 very slim chance that you could still impregnate your wife. Or somebody else's wife. 
Dun, dum, dum. I was going to say your girlfriend. I thought that was funny, but then I thought I better not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. Oh, hey, quick update before we get done with this. So what? I made a big deal about saying my wife never listens to stuff and blah, 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 blah. Yes. Guess what? She still hasn't said anything to me. I think this <laughs> I, is. Damn it. I was I, hoping you're going to be. I, I think this is going to be our new running gag. How many weeks in a row can I go without Megan talking to me about what's going on? Every time I start feeling like, man, we're really getting somewhere with this podcast. My wife likes to bring me down to reality and be like, I don't listen to it. Like, oh, thanks. I mean, she lies to me and tells me she does, but I know she doesn't because I was sitting next to her in the car listening to the fucking episode and she still didn't say shit to me. So, well, my wife doesn't listen to it either. It makes you feel any better. Um, so uh, I guess that's our new running gag. Let's see how many weeks in a row we can goof on our wives and see what happens. But to wrap this episode up, you can find oh. us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web, www.justsomepodcast.com. You can find us on our new podcasting hosting station, justsomepodcast.libsyn.com. And you can find us on Helium Radio. Helium Radio After Dark, Channel 2, Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Admin, at just actually, you know what? If you want to email us and tell us that you're part of the Vasectomy Club, the new V Club, admin, just on podcast.com. <laughs> yeah, we're with you, brothers. We stand in solidarity of no nuts. Oh, I one more thing before we, <laughs> before we wrap up, I did mention... One of the questions that I had been asked, and you said, wow, you have a very good close relationship with your patients, was the, you know, do you still ejaculate or do you still, you know. So just to put any concerns to rest, if you do have this procedure, yes, you will still produce ejaculate. You just will not have any swimmers in it. You're not like ejaculating dust. (laughs) And if that was your concern, then maybe you have bigger problems than a vasectomy. That's true. On that note, Tom, hey, let's get out of here. Let's get you back on the ice bags. And <laughs> I, it's time for some gold niblets, my friend. <laughs> oh, you know what? I don't know what we're covering next week. I know we got some cool episodes coming up, but and I gave you a show idea that uh, I think we need to do sometime in the very near future, as it's agreed. Uh, it's relevant. Timely. Yes. I know we're going to do a Mother's Day episode, a Father's Day episode. we got all kinds of cool stuff coming up. Make sure you continue to tune in on all your podcast listening devices or Helium Radio. But we are always welcome to suggestions. So if you have one, please just email us and let us know or contact us on one of our social media sites. No, we're not. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. We're not. I meant I meant no. I meant <laughs> yes. I don't know. I'm so confused now. No, yeah, we always want to look for episodes. I, so I know I'm just screwing with you. I know. Hey, man, go home and, or not go home, but why don't you go back to your uh, recliner, place some golden niblets on your niblets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, on that note, hope everybody has a great week. This is Tom. Everybody stay safe. And a big shout out and special thanks to Kevin McLeod from Acomatech.com for the use of sounds and music in this episode. <laughs>